Uh, good evening. Thank you for coming. My name is James O'Brien and welcome to No Pressure to Be Funny. On the 23rd of February 2014, podcasting on the British Comedy Guide from the Phoenix in Cavendish Square, London, W1. And trading in second-hand cars for tax purposes. <laughs> Rebecca Brooks said this week that she did not know the News of the World had an annual contract of £92,000 with the convicted phone hacker Glenn Mulcair while she was editor. And who are we to consider the former editor of the News of the World capable of lying? <laughs> Especially while the court case is still on. In, sh in showbiz news, David Bowie sent Kate Moss, dressed as Ziggy Stardust, to plead against Scottish independence while picking up his Brit Award. Apparently, Alex Salmon's going to the Mercury Prize, dressed as Widow Twanky, to tell Bowie to fuck off. <laughs> Presently travelling the country with the Stop UKIP tour, and tomorrow they're playing Lowestoft. In the unlikely event that you're anywhere near Lowestoft tomorrow night, go and see them again. Please, welcome to the stage, possibly for the last time, Johnny and the Baptists. Earlier this week, you might have seen that uh, both, uh, uh, both George Osborne and Ed Balls uh, said that were Scotland to become independent, it wouldn't be able to keep using the pound, which may or may not be the right decision, but it sort of feels, the timing of it at least, sort of felt a little bit spiteful, and perhaps a little bit like when someone breaks up with you not letting them have your CD collection. And accordingly... We wanted to do a song about Scotland leaving us. I don't know if you can tell, we're actually from England. And um, we would personally be devastated if Scotland were to leave. Um, the shared history and culture that we have, it's, it's wonderful. And so we've written them a song, a love song. It's called Scotland Don't Leave Me. Um, as you all know, all songs about nationalism must, of course, be sung in the style of Usher. Um, so uh, so I'm, I'm going to get on my R&B groove. <laughs> Hit it, bitch. <laughs> One time, och, I. This one goes out to my girl, Scotland. Listen up, I got something to say. Scotland, don't leave me. Need one more chance before you walk away. Scotland, don't leave me. Take a moment. Hear me out Scotland, don't leave me Let's be honest, let's have it out Scotland, don't leave me We've been together since the 13th century I'm really sorry that it started quite rapily We had a trial, separation, devolution Now you're making light that notion It's a final solution Our love is worth it Let's not let it spoil Baby girl, our love is worth more than North Sea oil I'm saying lover Come on, hear my call I'm saying, baby, don't build another Hadrian's Wall And you're not perfect In fact, it's quite the opposite It's not been cheap Paying for your drinking habit You keep saying you spend more on me than I on you But that's because you forget after all the booze And I put up with all your deep fat frying all my life Sometimes I feel like I'm just your battered wife I can't take this verbal abuse You won't stop going on about Robert the Bruce No, I'm sorry, I went too far Scotland, don't leave me No man's an island, but we are Scotland, don't leave me You know I need you, need me too Scotland, don't leave me Cause I can't bring up little whales without you Scotland, don't leave me 
We gotta reconcile, don't wanna live in fear Don't wanna be the next North and South Korea And in Parliament we'll even up your numbers and I don't mind if you wanna keep Northumberland We dropped the ball and you got us worried If we still won Wimbledon if you keep Andy Murray We love Edinburgh Festival, it's one of our hearts We can't afford foreign entertainers tax I'm sorry, you're my sweetheart Scotland, don't leave me And I'll never stop watching reruns of Braveheart Scotland, don't leave me You know I need you, just say it Scotland, don't leave me And even though you didn't, we'll learn Gaelic Albanese Peace Johnny and the Baptists, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Dave Fulton is an American filmmaker and comedian who describes himself as someone who slings jokes to drunks for dosh, thereby proving, firstly, he's lived over here long enough to use words like dosh, and secondly, that he knows his audience. Viv Groskop is a journalist and comedian whose book on performing 100 gigs in 100 days on the comedy circuit describes how little she likes being introduced as a journalist. <laughs> Ben Norris is a comedian who doesn't eat meat, which means he is highly unlikely ever to suffer the food poisoning from which Romesh Ranganathan is suffering tonight <laughs> and which saw Ben step gamely and kindly into the breach at such short notice. And indeed, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. I have no life. <laughs> and finally, comedian, presenter, actor, improviser, poet... And general artistic dog's body, Phil Jupitus, has not been in a play with one of our co-creators, Alistair Barry, for over a year now and was beginning to panic that his career may be over. Ladies and gentlemen, your panel. But before we hear from them, we kick off as usual with a feature of the programme known as The Devil's Advocate. And uh, with this week's motion, The Devil's Advocate believes that gay marriage continues to cause floods. Please, please welcome to the stage, Mr. Albanon Barnett. Thank you, James. Could I start by saying how delighted I am to be invited back to clear up some of the misunderstandings from last month? Frankly, it's very rare that I get invited back anywhere at this time of year, as people don't seem to realise that Tweed is meant to smell of urine when it rains. <laughs> Last month, I appeared under a nom de guerre. Yeah, I must apologise for speaking French, which is probably what we'll all end up doing if there isn't a referendum. But it was necessary to avoid being disagreed with. Anyway, I digress, which is my right, and therefore under attack, even if it isn't. And that is everyone's problem, not just mine, which of course it is. Although you won't get me on a radio phone in to defend my position, because I can't, and neither would I wish to. Uh, now, I hate to bang the same drum as before, but someone's got to, otherwise there would be no progress, which is another thing I object to. <laughs> you may well ask what it is I'm objecting to, and you'd be right. But to answer your question, don't forget about my rights, which are exactly the sort of things Brussels are trying to take away from us, even though I can't name any of them. <laughs> Last month's ridiculous scoop that UKIP believed gay marriage causes floods is just the sort of preposterous story the media reports simply because someone in the party said it. <laughs> all we are doing is looking for someone to blame, which I think we can all agree is a perfectly reasonable and genuinely British way of doing things. 
What is important is that Somerset has continued to be underwater for another month, and until that is cleared up, we will continue to seek an explanation. What the victims really don't need are politicians running around in Wellingtons to distract from the idea that the whole situation may have been caused by the weather. And... (laughs) exacerbated by cuts in public funding or a complete lack of long-term planning. I, for one, am glad we've cleared up that particular fairy story and look forward to returning next month to explain how chocolate will cease to exist in a federal Europe. I thank you. Well done. Well done. Albanon Barnett, ladies and gentlemen. Albanon Barnett. And I I think we shall uh, follow... Mr. Barnett's lead and dive straight into the tales of floods that have been sweeping the nation. I should start by asking whether anyone on the panel has suffered any personal damage or, or, or pain during the course. I've, yeah. I've suffered a lot of personal damage, but not connected to the flooding. <laughs> uh, I, live in, um, I live in Kingston, uh, under Thames, right now. <laughs> it's, uh, it's amazing, because everybody who spent a shitload of money so they would have the, the slow-flowing, you know, placid waters of the Thames go by in front of their stately manor are now uh, living in council property uh, because it's all underwater and their dog's dead. But I can't, uh, I can't imagine that. I mean, it's like what I'm blown away is watching this whole footage. like, I mean, floods, floods in England. Oh, my God, it's the gays' fault. It's everybody else's fault. It's really... I can't even think. There's got to be people in India and Philippines watching this news footage going, really? Really? That's your flood? Really? I haven't seen one corpse go by, all right? <laughs> There was, there was a, there's a beautifully English line in the Times yesterday which, which actually said it was a story about how fish farms are losing their fish because of the floods. No, they're escaping. That, yeah. <laughs> they're making a run for it. Yeah. yeah. Well, yes. Yeah. So yeah. They're doing a fucking Ronnie Biggs is it, what they're doing. It, it, in Raysbury... They'll come back when they're sick. They will. In Raysbury, <laughs> carp worth up to £3,000 were seen swimming across the cricket pitch. Isn't that a lovely image? Of course, you got Hampton Court down the road, and that's getting flooded and, and uh, making Cardinal Wolseley that much more happier in his grave, thinking that serves you right, you fucking King Henry cunt, for taking my goddamn house. <laughs> Sorry, just before the watershed again? The, uh, well, it's, it's, it's not a watershed issue, Dave. It's one of topicality. Oh. <laughs> I've got some shit hot stuff on the repeal of the Corn Laws coming up, people. <laughs> Strap in. <laughs> Fill your boots. <laughs> Just wait till I get into my Lewis and Clark material. That's Hello. What I'm <laughs> is there any way of establishing, Phil? What I mean, Phil? What is going on? Is there any way of establishing me? Yes. <laughs> leave, leave a trail of meat it's to real. any gig. <laughs> I will follow. I will perform. How how unprecedented the current situation is. I mean, well, uh, okay. I, I have issues with this whole flooding situation and the inordinate amount of whining going on in the local media all over the country. Um, anyone who lives in any of the following places, earthquake zone, floodplain, <laughs> volcano island. <laughs> Hurricane Alley. Yeah, yeah, you live in any of those fucking places. I don't want to see you on the news going, we couldn't believe what happened. And that is an excellent Somerset accent, by the way. Spot on. I quite like the fact that the government's response to this seems to be to hope that the people of the West Country inbreed to such an extent that they develop gills. My parents live in Somerset. And my mum... Are they gay? Well, my mum genuinely said to me, I can't believe that anyone is saying that it's because of gay marriage because 
There has certainly been no gay marriage around here. (laughs) (laughs) Ben, let me steer you back to the question of how much sympathy we should have for people who bought houses that they probably should have known were on the floodplain. It's weird, isn't it, that people buy those houses, but apparently when they buy them, they're always uh, surprisingly good value. (laughs) (laughs) And surprisingly good value is fucking irresistible. Especially when the estate agent explains to you that there hasn't been a flood here for nine, ten months. <laughs> freshly washed. Too. This is 50 grand under the normal asking price. <laughs> I, I don't know why people do it. They must be mad, mustn't they? Getting back to the... Uh, um, as far as like, the flooding goes, what I'm, what I'm always amazed is the fact that, like, oh, my God, it's flooding, it's flooding. We have a lot of water coming off. How do we drain it? And somebody yeah. goes, well, we should maybe dredge the rivers. Oh, that's kind of like sending the problem downstream, isn't it? You know, it's kind of like, well, we'll just clear out our portion. Fuck those downstream guys, you know? Yeah, b- people down at, you know, at this Thames estuary going, where the fuck did all this mud come from? What I love is that, has anyone seen the aerial picture of the guy who had a massive mansion right in the middle of the oh, Somerset yeah, yeah, levels? Yeah. And he has built the defences right round the extremities of his property like he's gone... The whole rest of the world is going to be my moat. <laughs> and it's worked. The only thing that's missing in that photo for me is a gun. <laughs> I would be on the, on the corner with a gun going, ain't nobody getting on my dry spot. You know, that kind of shit. <laughs> I, I am, I'm going I'm to steer you back, if I may. Thank you. To the question of sympathy, because y- yeah. you, you, I don't know how far outside London you ventured lately, but you, you're seeing... I mean, we were in the Cotswolds the other weekend, and the, the field we normally play football on had swans swimming on it, and that, that's, that's never happened before. And they before. still kicked your ass. They still, they still, still. No, I let the children win. There was, uh, there was, <laughs> surely, there was. Surely, the fact that there were some swans around proves that. No, they flew UKIP that bit. Is they, winning. Oh. <laughs> yeah, the Romanians haven't been eating them yet. <laughs> the, the, the point is that I, if you bought a house next to the River Thames and got flooded, yeah. and then came on the telly going, we, it's, this is not fair, we need some money. But if you bought a house nowhere near the bloody river and got flooded and had never been flooded before, it that does seem to be the case during this current round of floods. And I, I think I have some sympathy for those people. You just mentioned seeing swans. I yes. actually wrote... Because I, uh, I travelled on the C2C line in London. <laughs> yeah, I'll drop that one. <laughs> and um, I, I was coming past a field just by... Hadley Castle in Essex, and at the bottom of the field was like under two foot of water, and there were ducks all over a field where I used to walk the dog. And so I, 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 used, to, I used to trade as a poet. So I wrote a, a poem about this called Nice Weather for Them, which goes like this. The pond was most unexpected, sudden, you might say, below the ruins of a king's aspiration. The thick, loamy water, too soupy for fish, but a calm, silted, Goldilocks stretch for mallards. Wildfowl look up at track and racket of train, the action distraction from wed-footed traction. Travellers glance up from gadget, tablet and tabloid at the arable, horrible spectacle, once fallow, now shallows. Nature holding a mirror to duck and commuter, their common ground being opportunism. Oh, Phil Jupiter, thank you very much. It's like cliche when you see a four by four in Chelsea uh, to you know to, to make assumptions about the kind of people that would drive that vehicle, but they are, aren't they? Yeah. And 
they're, they're wrong. They're wrong in every sense. Uh, but some of those 4x4s even have that kind of um, snorkel thing, don't they, yes. outside, so that you can drive it through <laughs> yes. a flood. And some of those 4x4s, it would appear to me, are causing the fucking floods and are the only cars that you'll still be able to drive during the floods. That's annoying. That is incredibly... <laughs> It's not that funny, but it's annoying. That's, they're actually creating, they're creating a need for the option that they bought. Yes. Yeah. It's like, I want to snorkel, but it's not flooded. Wait. <laughs> I shall now invite yeah. back to the stage, if I may, Mr. Nick Revel with a, with a monologue for your delectation. Ladies and gentlemen, Nick Revel. Thank you. Thanks. So of course, as we all know, the, the really huge global story at, at the moment is of course the news that MPs at Westminster can get a bit rowdy during Prime Minister's question time uh, and apparently they've been particularly concerned about this uh, in the Ukraine uh, I've got to confess uh, all I knew about Kiev uh, before this week was that Ukraine girls really knocked out Paul McCartney and left the West behind an allusion there to a lyric from the Beatles, Malud, a rhythmic combo who were popular in the 60s. Uh, you, you can see me here struggling for, for an angle because uh, comedy is always difficult when the biggest story of the week has a high body count. Um, now, I'm not an expert, uh, but the, the situation in Ukraine, as I understand it, all started back in the autumn with protests against President Yanukovych pulling Ukraine away from closer ties with the EU, and it's led to a revolution. And here, discussing the EU leads to LBC staging a debate between Nick Clegg and Nigel Farage, uh, two lifeless pricks fighting over a dud batch of Viagra. <laughs> Now, obviously, there's more to, 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 to the Kiev situation than simply membership of the EU. Um, as far as I can make out, it really comes down to one thing. In Ukraine, uh, the majority of the population feel completely unrepresented by any of the political parties. They were all billionaire kleptocrats who are just interested in lining their own pockets. And there's such a huge discrepancy in wealth and power that the people see no point in voting for anyone. For example, Yulia... Timoshenko, the former Prime Minister, uh, jailed on trumped-up charges. She's released from prison, addresses the crowd in Maidan yesterday, and, and she gets at best a lukewarm reaction because she might be an opponent, opponent of Yanukovych, but she's also a billionaire who made her money by owning a gas company. And, and then I thought, in the USA, the top 1% own, as we know, 40% of the wealth. The bottom 80% own 7% of the wealth. Worldwide, the 85 richest people own as much as the poorest 3.5 billion. Here in the UK, they're telling us that the economy is growing, and yet the number of people using food banks is five times higher than it was in 2010. They say unemployment in that is down, and of course it is. They're driving people off the register, like blind people who have had benefits stopped because they didn't respond to letters from the Department of Work and Pensions because they couldn't read them. The UK economy is growing because the property market is going through the roof because the international rich are buying houses in London that they don't live in or that they do live in, like One Hyde Park, three-storey penthouse, £136 million, owned by Renat Akhmetov, the richest man in Ukraine. Uh, and incidentally, the Greater London Authority has an underspend this year in its affordable housing budget of £120 million. Uh, We might think that's scandalous, but in fairness to the mayor, he probably thinks, well, £120 million, you only get one house for that anyway. 
but, but maybe I'm wrong, you know. Maybe I've got it completely wrong. Maybe the whole point of life as a human being is to read celebrity magazines and aspire to the condition of the richest 1%, dreaming that someday you too could own a luxury villa with an underground health spa, where after a hard day's work transferring the nation's assets to your private Swiss bank account, you can relax in the jacuzzi, snorting coke with your pet peacocks and a couple of Kardashian sisters, while Mariah Carey, whom you've flown in, especially directly from Robert Mugabe's birthday party, <laughs> sings karaoke in a corner. While in another corner, Tony Blair performs live sex on stage with the estranged wife of a global newspaper magnate in return for a seven-figure donation to his faith foundation. Maybe that's why we have TV shows like The Apprentice, where people are glorified and glamorized and rewarded for being lying, greedy, selfish pieces of shit. But we don't get, but we don't get trainee sh shop steward. I want you to go out there and fight for better working conditions for you and everyone else on the shop floor, because that would be bad role models. We mustn't forget that freedom means the freedom to shit on the other 99% of us. So really, my question is... How come it's only happening in the Ukraine? Whoa. Whoa. Nick Revel, ladies and gentlemen. <clears throat> we live in a world of 24-hour news coverage and yet seem to know less about what's going on around us or, or beneath us than, than possibly we did at some of the points in history that Phil and Dave very kindly <laughs> talked us through earlier, <laughs> earlier, earlier in the evening. But, but the, the Ukraine issue, not unlike Yugoslavia, which is also I mean, even more of a neighbour and yet people here didn't really know what was going on, uh, is a very roundabout and slightly verbose way of saying that we have two people on the panel with quite Eastern European sounding names, so I'm hoping they'll be able to fill us all in on exactly what's happening in the Ukraine. We'll start with you, Viv Groskop. Well, yeah, I, I um, have, um, well, I, I'm not Ukrainian, but I have slept with quite a lot of Ukrainian men. That, that's in, you're in, you're hired. <laughs> it was quite a long time ago, um, but I have actually brought, uh, uh, because this is a news programme, um, this is a genuine correspondence. You don't get that on question time, do you? <laughs> I'm waiting for the call. Um, I've brought a genuine piece of correspondence with one of my old boyfriends, who's called Zhenya, uh, because I, said, I try not to correspond with Zhenya because he, all he does is just keep inviting me to go to Kiev, and those days are over. <laughs> so uh, I, I just felt really bad. As soon as I heard that people had actually died, I thought, okay, maybe I better dig out his email and, and write to him. So this, this is our very short email exchange um, from, from this week. Um, me. Thinking of you and the situation in Kiev. Tsiomayu. Kisses. He writes back. Fantasticzki! <laughs> Which means what you think it means. Fantastic. She has contacted me. Uh, then he writes, Спасибо за беспокойство. Thank you for caring. Все в порядке. Everything is fine. <laughs> we are now going with Boris to Maidan. Me? Oh, shit. What have I started? We will write back soon. I hear nothing for 24 hours. I'm like watching all of the television coverage, like, oh my God, is that Zhenya or is it just someone else who has actually aged quite well and looks quite hot? <laughs> um, so after 24 hours, I write to him, Kakia Novosti, what news? And he writes back, Prikrasna, great! We are fighting. Sorry that I did not reply yesterday. There have been many events. Come to Kiev! 
Thank you very much, Viv Groskop. That was wonderful. <laughs> everything, everything is so much clearer. What I'd, I'd love to happen is to be watching the news and because there's been this, this procession of people with bullhorns suddenly appearing in front of the crowd, proclaiming to them. And I'd love it if one would come on and then because there's always like a, a translator talking over. They, they're making the speeches and the translator's talking. He, he's saying he has heard from his ex-girlfriend in England. <laughs> he, he is happy about this. Okay. He is not sure whether she bears his glorious Ukrainian child in secret and will be bringing him home to me. Like, the bloke do, do like Viv, I too have slept with many Ukrainian men, but only to get their delicious garlic-filled chicken breasts. <laughs> that, that. No, uh, but this, the, the, as far as I could make out, is Ukraine is right. There's, there's two. There's Ukrainians and, and there's sort of Russians. It's a split country. There's yeah. the Western Ukrainians and there's the Eastern Ukrainians. It's a geographical split. It's a geographical split. And they, and they pretty much vote. Uh, uh, they, 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 they just all want separate things. Nick, Nick pointed out that the, the woman who's been in prison, the former leader, is, is a billionaire plutocrat. With a and also one of the Von Trapps, uh, if the, my the, television the hair, is correct. The Princess Leia, the, the hair. Tymoshenko. So well, yeah, the, 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 the goodies? Well, this thing is there are no goodies. Oh. And, you know, sort of... Timoshenko is the goodier one, partly because of her hair at the moment. But already people are predicting that if things go in her favour, then there's going to be, um, then Yanukovych is going to effectively become the opposition and she will get investigated for corruption. So it is incredibly confusing because basically everyone who's ever had any power in a post-Soviet country is corrupt. So you're essentially saying that in, in Ukraine the choices are either the bad guy or the not so bad guy. Right. Who's a girl? Sounds like a job for the Americans. <laughs> <laughs> we have a long history of backing the not so bad guy to fight the bad guy. I, and it comes back and bites us in our fucking fat ass later on. The question Nick Revel posed at the end of his uh, polemic was, was why this doesn't happen here. Ben, you take that one on board, please. Oh, thank you. Why is it? Uh, why, why, why is it, gentlemen, why, Ben Norris. Why, why is it only in the Ukraine? I, 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 genuinely, there's so much anger around at the moment. There's an awful lot of, uh, of disenfranchise, disenfranchisement, an awful lot of very poor people suffering quite deeply, and yet there's absolutely no sense whatsoever of any meaningful social movement. It's. Um, I think it's because it's frowned upon, isn't it? Is that? It's just an English yeah, it's thing. Yes, in, 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 in Britain, to rebel is yeah. fucking frowned upon. <laughs> And uh, we get, we'd rather go back to work and just bitch about it around the water cooler than tell our boss to get fucked. I, I don't know. I've been on, I personally, I've been on quite a few um, demonstrations in my time. And uh, one of the last ones I went on, I was kettled for um, eight hours, which isn't as much fun as it sounds. There was no fucking tea involved. <laughs> You know, and, and people don't do enough, do we? We're, we're a bit. But is there, is there a, I asked Davis about flooding in the first bit, but, but is there a tipping point? Do you think there is a point at which British people would overcome their natural reticence and desire not to uh, tell their boss to. to yeah, to, yeah. You wh- raise wh- the price of beer and they'll fucking hit the streets. <laughs> Perhaps the rest of the world yes. doesn't have the toot. Perhaps we're the only country in the world that when anything horrible happens, we look at it and we go. <laughs> I, lo- I love the way half the audience preempted your tut there. It was like, it was like seriously, the room like the world's my, worst is, Mexican that wave. Is, that has been my mum's my mum's critique on most of my career has been that single noise. Well, what was your thing, mum? 
That's how we fought fascism. This is it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look at Hitler. What do you think of him? <laughs> Should we go and pull down a statue? Nah. nah. Let's just have a tut. Let's just have a little tut Let's together. form a queue and then have a tut. <laughs> I don't know. (laughs) Hello, love. I've been made unemployed. (laughs) (laughs) Food food bank's run out. Old man can't get it up. (laughs) It's such a catch-all little noise. (laughs) Is that really it? Is that the reason why? Why don't Americans have toots, Dave Fulton? Uh, Imagine how much happier your country's history would have been. We have guns. The... um, (laughs) Yeah, because you, you've got this. <laughs> that, that's a commitment right I, there. I was, by the way, after being over here and living on this island for 14 years, I, I love the fact that, that a, a country of 330 million people can be encapsulated right down to one simple ye- ye- rowdy yell out. Yeah, said the man yeah. who said, put on the prize of beer. You know. <laughs> yeah, and yeah the, we can and this all is a fucking generalise, David. <laughs> What's really irritating for me in the States right now, and I, I still go back, I got a house back there, I go back there and work, you know, three or four times a year, is the, um... Oh! Tell them what you did last time you went home! I bought a gun. <laughs> As an investment. Oh, what kind of, tell them what kind of gun. Smith and AR-15. Again? Smith and Wesson AR-15. He's bought an assault rifle. It's an investment. I'm telling you, he's going to bring that over here and those badgers are going to fucking think again. Dave, are you a survivalist? No. No, I'm an investment. Why have you bought... (laughs) (laughs) An investment in an uncertain future? I'm an investment, meaning you should live next door to me. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome back Johnny and the Baptists. Hello. Uh, as James said earlier, uh, we're going on a, a tour at the moment. We're touring all of the UK and Scotland. And, um... <laughs> uh, with, a, with a show called Stop UKIP. Um, and uh, it's kind of, you know, it's a response to uh, uh, all extremism uh, just before the European elections. Uh, they've not been happy uh, with the title that we chose. And, in fact, they've sent quite a lot of um, threats... And messages, very, very poorly spelt um, in the large part. Um, we, did, uh, we did a song, and um, Paul Nuttall, who's the deputy leader, uh, sent a press release, uh, which included the phrase, I'm all for free speech, but this show should not be happening. <laughs> Must be so weird not being in control of the second part of a sentence when you have a thought. <laughs> no clue. Um, no, they've said some really, really nice stuff about us. Um, Johnny and the Baptists should realise their left-wing, metrosexual, progressive propaganda is despised by millions. <laughs> millions. <laughs> Johnny and the Baptists are yet more metrosexual liberals. This is a load of rubbish enacted by left-wing, metrosexual... Can I just say to the members of UKIP, you can call me gay... Uh, it's really fine. I'm okay with that word. I'm not metrosexual. I dress like a builder. <laughs> from, uh, from their own website, typical left-wing pinkos, if you're so fucking politically correct, why didn't you call yourself Mohammed and the Mullahs? 
Um, chiefly, I'm called Johnny, and... <laughs> can't see that working. Johnny and the Baptists need to realise UKIP are a serious party of sensible, level-headed people. <laughs> I say to Johnny and the Baptists, break a leg, and hopefully you'll break your fucking necks as well. So, lovely, lovely level-headed stuff there from them. Uh, this song is called God. I was walking down the river late and dark at night I will admit I had been drinking off my bitter thoughts There was a sudden flash, then I saw God appear before me I knew it was the Lord, because he said, hello, I'm God I was surprised, but I thought I'd seize my chance to ask him If you're benevolent, why is there so much pain on earth? He ummed and ahed and said he really wasn't very sure and it looked quite sheepish and then offered me a chocolate raisin. God exists, but he's not what you'd expect. God exists, he looks a lot like Michael Winner. God exists, and he took me up to heaven. And in heaven, the angels fly around us. Their wings are beautiful, my God, it's just so peaceful here. Well, it can be peaceful, sort of depends on where you're living. The market's saturated, so much of heaven's protected green belt. The heaven's residents don't want to build on hallowed ground. God says the problem since they opened up the golden gates. They're being flooded with new migrants every single day. And he's not being funny, but heaven's meant for us, not them. God exists! And I guess that's something. God exists! And at least he's not all blood and thunder. God exists! But I'm worried he's quite racist. So I asked God, did he have a plan to solve the crisis? I thought new housing was the way he could reverse the trend. But God told me he had an even better plan. I was excited, after all he is omnipotent. He said he saw this man on TV who was straight-talking. He smoked a cigarette and drank a pint of ale. He had some pretty interesting thoughts on immigration. He's really charismatic and he says the things we all are thinking. God exists! But he's now a member of UKIP. God exists! He says it's just a protest vote. God exists! But he does seem quite indoctrinated. I woke up clammy and uncertain on the riverbank. All my clothes were gone and so was God and my wallet. Did I meet the Lord or was it just some bearded dick? I guess we'll never know which version of events is true. Thank you. Johnny and the Baptists, ladies and gentlemen. Johnny and the Baptists. Do, do you want to... Uh, do you want to dive straight into the audience suggestions panel? No. No? Yes. Yes, that's 50-50. It's all to play for. Okay, we'll listen to this half. But you guys can fuck off. <laughs> I, think, I think we should. I, I think not least because there's, there's a lovely Venn diagram intersection. One of the things that, that I was going to ask you about has also come up on this piece of paper. Sochi and, and the Olympic Games. Yeah, I've been watching them. You've been watching them? I, I, I watched the 
The very first gold House medal well. won on the very first day was from a kid from my hometown in Idaho. Sorry, but yeah, <laughs> I was stoked. I'm like, oh my God, somebody's famous from my hometown and they don't have a gun. So, well, you don't, know. <laughs> you don't know that they don't have a gun. What was the event? Uh, snowboarding, of course. Polar bear wrestling. <laughs> you got to hold it down and kiss it twice. <laughs> I did try to prepare for Sochi by watching The Jump. Did anyone watch that? The it was hosted by Davina McCall, and it was basically uh, cele- celebrities. We all use that word iron- ironically now. One's a friend of mine. Okay. Who's your friend? Who's Who was your on uh, Brickstock. Oh, Marcus Brickstock was on it. He looked cool in Lederhosen. Who knew? I, yeah, me neither. I, I did. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so the, I, I watched that... Um, but the most exciting thing that happened there was seeing a pussycat doll having no access to hair and makeup. That and what great. did she look like as a result? Well, she, she looked great, but she thought she looked thought awful. There was a problem with the TV show The Jump, and, and that was that The Jump didn't look really like much of a jump. No, did it didn't, did it? I, 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 I think, that. you know, none of us would probably want to do it this evening if we were f- forced out of the pub and onto that jump. We'd be shitting ourselves. Yes. But on telly, it was like, oh, all right. Well, they, how can you not... Like, once you're sliding down there, the only thing that can happen is you can jump off the end two and a half feet, travel for four feet. It was more... To not land on your skis would be fucking tricky, I think. There wasn't even time to do a flip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, they, they, you know, like, oh my God, he went nine feet four inches. Yes. Really? If you've got a running start at it on flat ground, you could probably get pretty close to fucking nine feet four inches. What, what um, Dave, you clearly are a little more au fait with dangerous sports than the rest of us. What's, what's the most dangerous thing you. What are you saying? Well, Phil, sir? I, I, Phil I, I'm so sorry, mate. I glossed over. I have over travelled you. on glossed... the last train out of Fenchurch Street a number of times. I, I'm going to go with my instincts and say, Dave, you are clearly the only member of the panel who is truly au fait with, with, with dangerous winter sports. Fuck you no, and your that, podcast. Phil, just sit, would you deal with it, please? Mr. I've been on the telly, I'll pretend that I know about skiing. Dave is a snowboarder. Oh, da- I've no. done the Altitude Festival and I've been up the hill in a ski lift oh, four times. Really? There's an excellent restaurant right, I'll at the ask top. you the question. Dave, if you, could, if you could step away from the microphone for a moment. Phil, Phil Jupiter, what is the most dangerous thing you've ever done at a ski resort? At a ski resort? Glue vine. <laughs> Dave Fulton, what is the most dangerous thing you've ever done at a ski resort? At a ski resort? Yeah. Um, I got caught in an avalanche. No way. Yeah. Yeah, I was at the Grand Montaigne in Chamonix Valley. I was um, off-piste, of course, as you do, and... Um, <clears throat> and uh, I had my board, and I was with a friend of mine, and I said, hey, let's climb that ice wall, and then we'll fucking come around and, and hit it. And he went, yeah, so we are talking, and it was a nice sunny day, but we weren't aware of the wind pack. And, uh, yeah, it broke loose, and I got wow, buried. Wow, that's what I call ironing. I, I, get, uh, I was buried in the thing and carried a quarter mile down the slope, and um, eventually, after going over the second drop... Presumably drive, an extension lead no, as I'm, well. I'm, so. Dave, did you have... Uh, all the st- you know the, the beep beep you have a you know, beeper, the weird thing about uh, that <coughs> spiky the, I'm here do you have a you have an avalanche pack don't you, that you it, it's called a transceiver you, it's a transceiver it's a trans- did you have a transceiver yeah I transceiver. did transceiver <laughs> the weird thing about that is I didn't see the snow spare batteries spare batteries yeah oh. Uh, oh. when the snow hit me and I was completely buried and I you know was trying to figure out what's up as I'm being carried down um, people are like, oh my God, did you like flash for your eyes? And things like that. I'm like, no, no. 
Uh, I was keeping the snow away from your face, keeping keep your feet downhill to absorb shocks and shit. And all I could think was because my transceiver was in the top part of my pack and it wasn't on. And all I could think to myself was like, God, I'm hoping this thing stops. There's enough space for me to reach back over my shoulder and open my pack and turn it on so they'll find the body. Um, but I got kicked out. You can out back off, lady. I'm fucking him. <laughs> uh, that is the manliest thing the, I've heard the in my coolest life. Thing about, the coolest thing about the whole dude, thing... Dude, that story was so butch, you just made me gay. <laughs> the coolest thing about the whole story, the whole incident, was um, we ended up getting kicked out. It was another guy named uh, Matt. And we, um, we, we stand up, we're like, holy fuck. We're like, holy fuck. I lost an ice axe, he lost two. So he's like, we should find ice him. Ice axe? Yeah. <laughs> you, me, the London Apprentice, right after this podcast. <laughs> And, and so I, I said, yeah, we should look for him. He's like, yeah. And I went, no, we should get off the snow. He's like, yeah. So we get off the snow. And my other partner comes down. He's like, fuck, I thought you were dead. I'm like, I know, I know. And we're like, oh, my God, we're still alive. This is fucking amazing. Got a friend of you. And then... Uh, <laughs> so, would you leave him alone? And then, <laughs> and then the, the, the French ski patrol guy came up. Cool as shit, dressed in red, sunglasses. French ski patrol guy! Shut up, he's mine! <laughs> so he comes up, does an amazing turn right in front of stops. And he looks at us, and we're covered with snow, we're just fucked. And he just goes, uh, is anybody else in the, uh, in the snow thing? And I go, no, no, it's just us. He goes, all right. And then he looks at us, he goes, are you, uh, you injured, uh, hurt? And I'm like, no, no, we're fine. He goes, oh. And he looks at the snow, and he looks at us, he goes, you were lucky. And then he just fucked off, right? <laughs> uh, let's uh, let's p- plow through the, the audience suggestions. Um, but actually, no, before, before we do that, I'm, I'm actually... Just registering that Martin's brilliant Robert Mugabe question is not dissimilar to a question I was going to ask you about Tony Blair. So Martin, panel, submitted this question. Today is Robert Mugabe's 90th birthday, and a spokesman said that the Zimbabwean people should be encouraged by this to emulate his leadership qualities. Which of Robert Mugabe's leadership qualities would the panel like to emulate? And and then I was going to ask you, Tony Blair uh, has been advising people, and he's up in court, if... Tony Blair was up in court, what advice would you give him? But I think Martin's question is better than the one I'd prepared, so we'll go with Martin's. Um, what of Robert Mugabe's leadership qualities, Viv, would you most like to emulate? Well, he's still alive at 90, and bad. that's not really connected to leadership. Um, I know nothing about his leadership other than it's enforced. Is, is that correct? <laughs> um, but... I think that the great thing about Robert Mugabe, and I hope that this will go down in the annals of of history, um, is that he looks great for his age. (laughs) He does. Uh, Whereas Tony Blair, who you mentioned, he's aged very poorly. Has he really? I I feel he has. He he looks like a rich man. He's got that glow. I'm Mugabe all the way. Really? In the ageing stakes. (laughs) What's that? Bury Ma- them together. I'm with you, brother. I'm I thought with you, you said marry them Mary- together. I, I don't think Mr. Mugabe would be very keen on that idea. Um, uh, 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 Phil, if you were to... Uh, well, you can pick your question. Would you like to advise Tony Blair? Yes. On, go on, then. <laughs> uh, Tony Blair, I would... Uh, I, I quite like that. I'm a big fan of legal movies. And there's always a bit where whoever has been accused, their legal advisors... Put the hand over a microphone and lean across and give them advice. And I'd put my hand over the microphone and I'd lean into prayer and go, right, you see this hammer I'm handing you under the table? And you see the man with the wig? This is the bit of the trial where you have to jump up and take all your clothes off and attack <laughs> with the hammer. 
it's a new legal technique we're practicing. It's a way of getting you off, basically, on an insanity plea. So do that right now. Kill the man in the wig with this hammer. And uh, I get the feeling Blair is one of these people, if you use an assertive enough voice, he'll do anything you say. Do it in George, voice, George Bush's voice. Were you surprised to, to learn of this? I remember this is sub There's no one actually in the jury in the room, is there, for the, for the, for the hacking trial? Oh, it's a good thing to do on a night out, a little bit of satire. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> that's all right, I just need to check. <laughs> Any jurors here from the biggest court case in the country's ten-year history? I can't see. Hey! I can't, no. Sit, sit. Bury them both! It's him. <laughs> Bury them both, man. <laughs> That's the majority verdict. I, I don't know why I asked that. I can't, I can't see whether you've got your hands up or not. But the, um, the, the, the point being, of course, that we, we need to tiptoe around the sub issues, but we can discuss stuff that's been in the public arena, N- namely the fact that, that Rebecca Brooks took an hour on the phone with Tony Blair while Ed Miliband was saying that she should resign and, and, and hang her head in shame. Tony Blair was giving her advice on how perhaps to, to deal with the fallout. That was ten minutes of the call. Of the scam. And then after so. the ten minutes of advice, it was, so, uh, what are you wearing? What are you wearing? <laughs> 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 and that was Rebecca. Yeah. I was distracted by the thought that the, that the former Prime Minister would be providing personal private counsel to, to a newspaper, effectively a newspaper boss. It seemed, it seemed strange I'm to me. I'm starting to think Tony Blair might be a bit crooked. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think, no, uh, for, for, the, for the purposes, no, for the purposes of, of, of balance and the podcast, I, I should point out that in the period between Tony Blair becoming leader of the Labour Party, saving the country from 17 years of Tory rule and leading the country into possibly illegal and certainly ill-thought-out wars while becoming close friends with some of the most powerful, ruthless, right-wing people on the planet. I, I mentioned Not to that mention going Catholic. Yes, he also... He also Did he just use his time as Prime Minister to just fill up his fucking filofax with evil people? It looks, it looks increasingly like that. Yes, it does. Yeah. It does look increasingly like that. And the, and the problem... is this pub haunted? <laughs> <laughs> the next question is 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 strangely pertinent for this evening's proceedings. Really. It's directed to Viv Groskop directly, but everyone else is welcome to dive in once Viv has dealt with it. The Oxford University culture of misogyny has been uncovered in today's press with members of Boris Johnson and David Cameron's former drinking club made to attend classes on respecting women. What would Viv like to see taught in these classes? Oh, I'd love to teach that class. (laughs) I would love to teach that class. I'd take my transceiver, I'd take my ice pick, and I'd show them how to respect women really, really hard. (laughs) Um, Rebecca Brooks. Um, We finished on that one, have we? No, you die. You fill your boots. Well, I just... I feel feel a bit sorry for her, um, because she had... I mean, she had a relationship with Ross Kemp, didn't she? Yes. Do you remember the TV actor... And um, I'm not saying she was difficult to live with, but he decided to go to Afghanistan instead. Next series on Sky was going to be Britain's Deadliest Wives. (laughs) I married some of the most intolerable women in the country. Do you know that, that... 
I'm going to go in there now and wear an old stab-proof vest. I've forgotten her birthday. Let's see what happens. And, uh, ladies and gentlemen, please join me in thanking our panel this evening. Dave Fulton, Ben Norris, Phil Jupiter, and Viv Groscott. Please, also... Johnny and the Baptists, Alistair Barry, Nick Revel. This is no pressure to be funny. I'm James O'Brien. Good night and thank you.